up. It looks like the clock is about to strike midnight on this Cinderella story. It's uh, refreshing, yet uh, displeasing to the eye. Somebody has run out on the field. Some goofball in a hat and a red shirt. Now he takes off the shirt. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for him. In the dying seconds! Unbelievable! They wouldn't say die! That just shows that they didn't come to play. They really come to play here at the MCG tonight. And welcome to another very special edition of They Came to Play with myself, Limo, and Tess Armstrong. Hello. Hello, Limo. Uh, lovely to see you again. And, of course, our bulldog who is just up and about this week, Danny McGinley. Last week, I'll say it again. Thank God for the Adelaide Crows. They just are providing consistency in this year. And I, I never thought I'd say this, but uh, they're, they're, they're not my least favourite team anymore. Oh, really? Who's taken that mantle? Oh, definitely Hawthorne Richmond yeah. equal. But, uh... There's nothing better about recording a podcast on Monday when your team hasn't played because you guys have nothing on me yet. If we were to go tomorrow when we lost to the Sun... After the siren or whatever, Carmichael. Yeah. Um, you know, you would have something on me, but not today. I'm glorious. You're right, Tess. I mean, all we can really say is that you're headed for a 15 to 20 goal win tonight, and anything less than that is a massive disappointment. In fact, uh, I'll announce to the listeners right now: um, if uh, the Tigers do lose to the Suns, we will be recording a special bonus episode uh... <laughs> immediately after the game. Yeah, <laughs> me sobbing. <laughs> oh, uh, so sit tight for that one. But is this, is tonight, Danny, you're more across these things than me, is tonight officially the end of the Festival of Football? It is, yeah. This is the, well, I, would you call it the headline act or is it more just the epilogue, yeah, like think, the post-credit scene? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's an epilogue, yeah. The credits are rolling and this is what we're, it's a bit of, it's a bit of bonus material, I suppose. Yeah, it's just, just telling us which superhero is going to join the Avengers next, which Gold Coast Sun star is going to be poached by another team. Uh, yeah, where will Isaac Rankin end up next year? <laughs> I will laugh though because everyone's like, I'm so devastated. It's the end of the festival of football. And then in like two weeks' time, we go back to having footy on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Like, I've announced the end of the, the last fixtures. We go back to having football every night in like two weeks. So just talk to your loved ones for two weeks, have a little mm. rest, and then we'll come back again for another festival, a festivus. It's a, for the rest of us. It's a little bit like we had lockdown one and now we're in lockdown two in Melbourne. <laughs> That was the second wave. The second wave festival <laughs> coming up uh, very shortly. I, I mean, t- how do you guys feel about the festival? I, for one, with the NBA, I love that I can turn my phone on basically any time of the day at any point and there's an NBA game. There's a score to get updated. There's often an Australian involved. And I love that constant flow of NBA uh, uh, scores and games and information. But I feel like in the AFL, I need a few days off just to reset myself. I need to be, understand what the injuries are. I need to understand where, what all the potential machinations of the upcoming round is. It just confuses my tiny brain. Yeah, I've had no understanding of what day it is. And also I think that the football just hasn't been very good, like as a general rule. Like we've had yeah. the 
these one or two games that have been awesome. But I thought that the, the reaction to the Port Richmond game last week was a bit like over, over, like it was a good game. But it was like no one had ever seen football before in their lives. Like, what the hell is this? And it was like, oh my god! It must be good. Like, oh my god! I was like, wow! Football festival has actually killed us. Like, I love. You know what though, Tess? I feel like every week at some point someone says, "Oh, finally, a good game." <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, there's just been a lot of like average games which is because of course everybody's like tired and traveling without their families and like there's a million billion reasons why the games haven't been awesome as a general rule but I do feel like then even for me when you do get a good game and we will come to like the finish of Frio Carlton I could hardly sleep I was so excited about that result and I think it was just because I've been watching like Stockholm Syndrome every single game even if it's not good like what's wrong with me I could choose to watch something else because it's on I can't do it yeah I've, I've definitely been lacking in my the shows that I've been trying to watch on Netflix or or whatever like just because I've been watching footy every night they are talking about doing this next year now although I'm, I agree with Limo it's I think you need a couple of days to reflect and, yeah. and, and talk about what's you know get excited about footy I would like to try this again in a non-pandemic time. I would like to, I think it'd be kind of exciting and, and a bit of a novelty to say, to pop down to Docklands to watch, uh, you know, my team take on, I don't know, Gold Coast on a Tuesday night. Mm. Uh, as someone who doesn't yeah. work nine to five, I would. this is great. Finally, the fixtures would suit those of us who work Fridays and Saturday nights. I, you, know, you know what I think about it though, Danny, is it's... A little like, you know, on Netflix, you can binge watch a TV series now. You can just sit yeah. down and you can watch every episode. You can knock it over in a week. And that's good for fast consumption, but it's not good for in, for actual enjoyment and making it a shared experience. Remember back in the day yeah. when you'd have one episode a week mm-hmm. and you'd spend yeah. a week talking to your friends about the episode you've just seen and what's going to happen in the upcoming episode? That is all lost in the Festival of Football. And I even think that that was recently when Game of Thrones was a big thing, right? Yes. The world was like, oh, I remember how good this was. You know, we had one thing we were all watching, but we didn't know what was going to happen until yeah. we found out together. It was so exciting. Whereas I do feel like with this one, I've, I've just been a bit like, mm. but I feel like the, the idea that if you were going to do it in a regular season, that you would do it in the boring rounds, which are like, you know, 9 to 12 or whatever, you know, in the middle of the year when you're like, I just do not care one bit, if yeah. you had a buy on either either side and ditch the pre-finals by, but have a buy on either side and have a couple of rounds where you just absolutely bang out games, it would be kind of fun in the middle of a normal Yeah, it might I be think good. that's a good idea. June. Yeah, just like in June. There you go. But if we are comparing, uh, a, you know, AFL to a TV show, I think we can all agree that AFL really peaked about for four seasons ago. I think season 120 is probably where they could have ended it. I mean, the good guys finally won. And just after that, they brought in all these new characters. I didn't care about them. Yeah. You know, it's just... Are you saying it's Jump the Shark, Danny? Is it... I think it jumped the shark. 2017 uh, footy definitely jumped the shark. I will say as well, the festival has meant that I've been... I've become so aware of like my age because the the list is so different every every week and the and the and the um, teams makeup is so different. There's just so many players I've never seen before and I have never heard of. And I'm like, who's that playing for? Like on Carlton Frio, I was like, who's that? Who's that? 
who's that? I just, I've never seen this before in my life, which is probably quite good. But also um, it just reminds you of how, like, when they can rest everybody throughout the year and they can play a consistent team, I mean, it is a bit boring. At least it's a bit of fun not knowing who was going to rock up and play each character. Like Roseanne, you never knew who was going to play Becky. It's great. <laughs> oh, who, was, who was the home and away? Uh, was it Elsa in Home and Away who changed yeah. actors? <laughs> uh, Pippa. Pippa. Pippa, that's right, Pippa, just randomly. <laughs> like, wow, that's a completely different person. All right. Yeah. Someone two inches shorter, a redhead two inches shorter. Oh. Is that the same person? Um, yeah, Sarah Chalk is uh, going to be playing for the Demons this week. Uh, very exciting. <laughs> I, uh, I cannot wait for that one. Uh, well, that so the fe- fo- Festival of Football ends tonight, but starts again, uh, as you quite rightly point out, Tess, uh, in a matter of days. So now, guys, can we um, – and I don't want to ruin our normal order here, but I've just got a few talking points. Uh <laughs> Oh, look, Levo's done preparation. This is new. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a new, new me. Turned over a new leaf. Um, <laughs> how much do the umpires love the Carlton Football Club? Now, <laughs> Dave Husey Hughes, who we all know and love, um, Husey's been whinging about the umpiring. He's been on Twitter like some sort of, rabid nut job slamming the umpires for weeks. And I don't know yeah. if the umpires have been listening to Husey, but, gee, they – I mean, Jack Nunes had to put through a belter, but they were gifted that game, weren't they, on the weekend? It took me about five minutes to realise what the free kick was for, and I think the commentators actually did a really good job because they had no idea either, but they weren't saying that it was... Uh, they were saying they were confused until finally someone worked out it was the down the field. But come on, that what, he was going for the smother. It, that was never a free kick. Well, I think it was like Chekhov's... Um after the after the after the contact because earlier in that quarter there'd been three I think uh Frio people who'd been gifted and uh after they'd kicked it free kick from Carlton and of none of them were paid downfield which is actually the wrong call they were meant to be paid downfield but this one they actually called it correctly but then assigned the ball to the wrong person because it of course shouldn't should have been Gibbons that was taking yes. the ball, not news. However, in the funny old thing of football, all Carlton people would have been terror would they would have been thrilled if Gibbons was taking that kick because he was likely to get it. Nunes had picked an absolute shock earlier in the quarter from right out in front. They would have been terrified. There's no way in a million years Jack Nunes would ever kick that goal. And so I kind of think Frio had a million shots at goal in the last quarter. Earlier in the game, Frio were gifted many, many, many WA-style free, free kicks at home. And just when it mattered. WA-style. Nice. Yeah. And then when it mattered, Carlton got one, which, of course, is the one we all talk about. But that's the thing about football. It's 100 million 1% moments, one moment, that make up a whole game. It just happened to be the moment that seriously mattered. And that cameraman did everything he could as a Frio fan, I'm sure. To stop those <laughs> kids, the camera and the dude sitting on the chair, guys, out of the way. What are you doing? I mean, how long does it take? And then he ended up moving, he was moving a chair and cords himself in the end. I was screaming at the TV, get the f- out of the way. What are you doing? And he was like, 
well, I'm just, this is where I sit to take the photos. Like, get out of the way. And the security guard looked so offended when he had to move the plastic chair. Like, he's moved my chair. Away. I just understand. They looked like surly teenagers, didn't they? They just were like, whoa, who's your move? Did you hear the post-match interview straight away? Someone asked uh, Jack Nunes, you know, you've just kicked the winning goal. How, you know, what went through your mind? And he went, oh, I just went through my normal routine. Really? Because I think you spent at least a minute yelling at a security guard and a photographer. That's- I mean, I've not watched a lot of Carlton games. Is that what he does before every... And this was just the one time he didn't it didn't look insane talking to imaginary people? It's what he does at training. He gets one of the other players who tend to be a camo that won't get out of the way. Finally. <laughs> Come in handy. Um, but they uh, they got the job done, Carlton, and I think Husey has been absolutely copping it on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Where are you now? Where are you bagging the umpires now, mate? <laughs> Just that's the thing about umpires. Bag them all you like, but when they win you a game, you love them. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, there's no there's no doubt about that. Is Husey the most talked about person on this podcast who's who's who never appears on it? I think he's been he's been on once. We should we should get him on just to to attack Hughes as a segment. Yeah, let's get him back. He'd love it. He'd come on in a heartbeat. Did you guys see though at the start of the Frio Carlton game, Channel Seven? You know, something I I genuinely love because it is naff, but I reckon they do a really good job. Uh, Channel Seven uh, before every match, there's a preamble with a that deep voiced guy oh. who makes every game sound like it's going to be the grand final. Yes, <laughs> yeah, they man, this is what they had uh, for on Frio Carlton. Uh, it's an unlikely rivalry, and then they just showed three games from the past six years that have been just, that have been thrillers. The rest of them, Frio have won by ten goals, but they were just working their ass off to make it seem like this game was good, and it worked. The game, the footy gods clearly saw that as well and made it a good game. It was a, actually awesome. My favourite bit was in the pint-sized presser where they get the kids to ask the footballers questions, which I think they should replace the real press conferences. Yeah. <laughs> and insightful. Anywho, um, but Nat Fife was asked whether he misses Ross Lyon and he was just like, no, I don't miss Ross <laughs> <laughs> No, Love it. no, could have got this out of Nat Fife. <laughs> Not in the slightest. Not one bit. Uh, okay. And Dr. Longwell was so gracious uh, the next day and I feel like Freo fans would probably take the lead of your coach and just be like, be the bigger people and just accept that sometimes it goes your way and sometimes it doesn't. And I also think that evidence in the pile, you know, the old-fashioned question, is it better to never to get absolutely smashed or to lose after the siren? I think because it is so much more exciting when your team wins after the siren, therefore it is much worse to lose after the siren. Oh, yeah, totally. No, it is worse to lose uh, after the siren, 100%. Um, And according to a a very unreliable source, I was just reading some comments uh, after the match online, and uh, uh, apparently that's the first time Frio have lost a match after the siren. I have put it to Swamp, but he hasn't tweeted back. And someone else in the same comment said that the Demons have never won a game after the siren in their 162-year history. I, I, I smell bullshit. But if that is true, and I've also asked Swamp who has won the most games after the siren and who's lost the most games after the siren. Right. Because well, David Mundy on his own, I think, has won at least two after the siren. <laughs> against us. Both against Richmond. <laughs> yeah. Both against <laughs> us. I did I did have to say, I saw Sonny Walters laughing after the siren. I thought, that's because you know what that feels like. He's done that heaps of times. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. But, uh, so Carlton, 
Still in the hunt for a bit of bloody finals football. Good on them. Really? Where are they? Where are they on the uh, the ladder? Means nothing at the moment, but let's let's pretend it does. Uh, well, what, where where they're, are they? They're well, tough, but they're a game out of the eight. So, how are Essendon eleventh? Isn't that a terrible? Uh, yeah, but you know what? They won a lot of games early. Um, they, I mean, they haven't won for five rounds. Man. Uh, but, yeah, they were just diabolical on the weekend. I wasn't really watching that game, but what I was seeing on my Twitter feed were loads of people just slagging off Essendon. And then what I noticed is all the people slagging off Essendon were Essendon fans. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. This they are very bad. Absolute depressometer champions uh, for this year, and there's also a lot of um, pretty much eulogising of uh, John Warsfold's coaching career. Like everyone's just talking about what a great bloke he was and the effort he's put into West Coast and Essendon. Uh, after the draw against the Gold Coast. Wusher was actually smiling on the bench and some people thought it was because, you know, they got away with just the draw. But really, that's the smile of a man who knows he is going home to his wife and children very soon. Who's <laughs> had enough? Hey, do you think, will they be tempted to bring back Bomber Thompson now that he's clean? How's <laughs> <laughs> the training ground at Pentridge? Yeah. <laughs> you know what worked well when Bomber oversaw James Hurd? Why don't we bring him back in as a duo? And Ben Lutton and John Worsfold. There we go. Well, I will never. It's one of my all-time favourite AFL quotes. James Hurd's first day on the job as coach. Yeah. <laughs> at the press conference, he actually said, he actually said the words, "Well, this club has hit rock bottom. We couldn't. <laughs> things couldn't get any worse." It's time to get us back on track. Wouldn't that be great? I mean, they, they had that controversial uh, hashtag, whatever it takes. Uh, yeah. Surely Essendon's membership drive should be hashtag, how, how much worse could it get? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, of course, on the flip side of the coin, the Saints decided they could play this week. Oh, completely wild. I will, when we talk about Geelong, I will talk about how good Geelong have been at um, – shutting down the fun fast teams, right? And St Kilda, that was the same last week. They just got completely shut down. But when they play their style and they're able to play their style, as in the other team has nothing, hasn't come to the party prepared to shut it down, they are so good. And, Danny, yeah. you were right last week. You said St Kilda needed to have a loss, and they did. And so maybe that's mm. the only loss they're going to have, and it's all up for yeah. Well, next week, on Sunday, uh, we've got Brisbane v St Kilda at the Gabba. Man, that is, I'm, I haven't been that excited about a neutral game for ages. Yeah, that'll be awesome. Yeah, that's going to be a belter. But sitting fifth on the ladder, clear, six points clear as well. Mm. Which is weird. They're fifth right above the Premiership favourites, Richmond. Yes, who are clearly still, and you know what, they literally are the Premiership favourites. <laughs> I know, it's the worst. Really? They're equal with West Coast? Oh, no, West Coast. Well, whoever put that together is an idiot because it's clearly Richmond who are the favourite. <laughs> they've miscalculated. I don't know what they've done. Uh, yeah. uh, but uh, good on the Sainers and wouldn't we love to see them? Although, what I, do I want a Brisbane St Kilda Grand Final or a Port St Kilda Grand Final? Mm. Mm, I can't decide. But Who it, would it be more funny to see St Kilda lose to? Because yeah, I know this is very vindictive, but uh, I'm still angry about the 09 prelim. What would be funnier? Well, 
Yeah, I think I think Brisbane because it'll be it'll be played at the Gabba, the grand final, most likely. Mm. Ah, yes. So they could always complain about Brisbane having a home ground advantage. There we go. Yeah, Bang. Thanks, Limo. So, yeah. I need the, the evil brain of a Hawthorne supporter yeah. to help me with my vindictiveness. Thank you, brother. Yeah, yeah no, no. Play any time. Uh, <laughs> very happy to help out. Um, which, uh, where, should we, where should we go to next? Well, should we talk about the Eagles? Uh, the Eagles. Why do we have to talk about the Eagles now? Well, we were just we were just talking about them, and uh, I thought they played uh, very well. Who did they beat? Oh, yeah, Hawthorne. Yeah, That's right. Yeah. Did you watch all of it, Limo? You know what? In the last quarter, I walked out in and out of the room a lot. Mm. <laughs> we're just we're just not very good at the moment. The equivalent of leaving at three quarter time is Limo walking in and out of the talent room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it really is. I just our movement into the forward line is disgraceful. The uncontested marks that Barras and McGovern took last night, it was like a training drill. They must have been laughing to themselves just going up uncontested. Liam Ryan was jumping up inside packs, but they still looked like uncontested marks. Yeah, yeah, I know. We were just, we just weren't very good. And then to rub salt into the wounds, it looks like James Sicily might have done an ACL, so... Which is a bloody disaster. Yeah. Did you see Tess? The um, it was like a first year uni uh, film project with the uh, very heavy handed metaphor of during that last quarter the rain pouring down, signifying the tears of Hawthorne fans. That rain I am laughing about how WA have demanded that the football be played there constantly, just because it never rains, of course, and then it's rained every game since the football has been based in WA. Oh my God, it never rains. Has it never rained so much in that state? What is going on? I've never seen it like that before. Hey, well, while we're talking about the football in WA, how is the WA Premier telling off the AFL, giving the AFL scolding? Uh, because who was the uh, Sydney Swan player? Elijah Taylor. And what, he got a girl in, on, into the... Girlfriend. So he's from WA. He, originally, he's been living in Sydney, obviously, to play for the Swans. Goes back in the hub and didn't clear it, obviously, with quarantine. And so, got his girlfriend to come and stay with him at the at the hub, and um, they were caught. And now they're being investigated by WA police. But I do feel like because it's WA, I would say, like, remember back in the good old days when Ollie Wines had that TV interview in his house? Remember he that was the first like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were just like, don't do it again. And then it's escalated to be like all of our, you know, all of our players, Limo and wives and partners doing, you know, idiot things yeah. and um, reaching the things. So they go, right, you've got a $25,000 fine, don't do it again. But no one misses a game despite the fact that they should probably have to quarantine for another two weeks if they've been in contact with someone who's not from the the hub, anywho, but that didn't happen. So then it happens in WA, and because WA have been so so harsh to the AFL, they find that Sydney's fifty thousand dollars, but also part of their stuff cap for next year, like and banned him the whole year. Like what is happening? Swans player has been sent home for the rest of the season, hasn't it? Yeah, I'm like that. Just seems like it went from zero to. And billion in a week. <laughs> yeah, I know. So can he? He's been sent home. Can he see his girlfriend now? No, he's still not allowed to see her. 
So he's sent back to Sydney. He's been sent back to Sydney, yes. I remember being 18 and, like, if you're in love at 18, that like you can't even spell your own name. You're that horny. So that is absolute. That punishment does not fit the crime. The poor bloke. I, I love how every single person in the whole country completely forgets what it's like to be young in love when they when they're just like five years later, ten years later. Like other players who have just retired, being like, "Great, she should be shot. Should be put in prison." I'm like, no, you would have all done exactly the same thing because everybody is an idiot when they're when they're a teenager, essentially. So are you suggesting that the WA government and the AFL have to introduce a randy 18-year-old clause? Yes. It needs to be like in actual court where you think right, there are mitigating factors. You're young and an idiot and that is a mitigating factor. So maybe you shouldn't be punished five times as harshly as everybody else. But it's just because um, he breached. WA state law as well as the AFL's own protocols, which is probably pretty bad, but still. Tess, you're a, you're the lawyer here. I know you can plead uh, guilty, not guilty, plead insanity. Can you plead horny? <laughs> the AFL's fake court, you probably can. At the tribunal, you might be able to. I'm not sure how it works there. Um, Danny, I'm going to give that a go. I suspect if you could plead uh, that your pecker was making decisions for you, that defence would get a run in almost every court case ever. <laughs> Imagine in the NRL. They would never be, they'd never be free. Oh, my God. We're getting Freudian yeah. here. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed we are. Anyway, and, uh, the Eagles were very, very good. Liam Ryan was unbelievable. They do look good and it will be interesting to see how they continue that form when they're not at Perth Stadium. Yes. Yes. Agreed. Yeah, Eagles. Uh, I'm not convinced that they should be second premiership favourites behind Richmond because they're mm. like my mate who always brags that he's better at FIFA than me because he takes, you know, he wins the Champions League with like he, he could bring up like Melbourne victory and put him in the European leagues there because he plays on <clears throat> on semi pro with offsides turned off. That's what West Coast playing at Optus Stadium is like. It's just it's not hard for him at all. Yeah, I've always said that, Dad. <laughs> hey, let's head back to Sydney, GWS. What's happened to the Giants, anyone? Hello? Hmm. That, was, that was as bad as they have played since their early early couple of seasons in the comp. They were terrible. Maybe they were doing retro round. <laughs> Heritage round. <laughs> well, they nailed it. It's just like a, um, a Pavlovian response when they play Sydney. It's like, oh, I remember these guys are our big brothers and they're so mean to us and they're all the original team and that kind of thing. They just revert. You know, like for, there was a period of time when I moved back in with my parents uh, as an adult to save money and we all reverted to the way we used to be. So Dad would just roll in at all times and I would, like, come home and there would always be food there and Mum would cooked for everybody and you just kind of revert to your old ways. And so I feel like that's what happens when GWS... Thanks, Sydney. Yep, I think that's a fair call. But uh, I remember when I go to vote, uh, it's often at my old primary school, and just something about it, we'll be walking home eating our sausages, and I'll just start pulling my wife's hair and running away. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you just remember back now. That was the Battle of the Bridge, of course, uh, on the weekend. But played at Perth Stadium, so I'm just going to run through a few Perth bridges for you guys. <laughs> and can you, me, can you tell me which one they were battling for? Uh, was it the 
Mudagarup Bridge, the Narrows Bridge, the Canning Bridge, the Wyndon Bridge, the Goongong Bridge, the Horseshoe Bridge, Mount Henry Bridge, Riverton Bridge, Redcliffe Bridge or Garrett Road Bridge? Oh, I'm going to go Canning Bridge. That sounds more fun to me. Canning Bridge, yeah. What did the one say? say uh, Goongong. Goong, goong. It's like Goon Goon with a G on the end. Yeah, that one. That's way more fun. Yeah. Well, oh, goon, goon. Sorry, I was missing the last two letters. Goon Goon Up. Oh, oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh, mate, you got to goon up. That's what's getting me through lockdown. Goon goon up. Okay. They won the Battle of the Goon Goon Up Bridge. I it's, a, it's a railway bridge in East Perth. There we go. We've been so right the whole year when we talked about the fact that Sydney's uh, rebuild would take five seconds because they have, they've also lost all of their senior players and they're still playing out like, yeah. well above their station. Quite amazing. And GWS just have to learn to play together without Toby Green. Like when he's out of the team, they are a completely different side. And I did always think it was harsh because when you've had a really bad loss, the the media go to your greats and they went to Kevin Cheedy who, of course, said, you know, they won't win a flag and they're, they're relying on their talent and not playing together. And that's what Brett Delidio said earlier in the year and he only played with them, of course, up until last year. But just yeah. there are a whole bunch of individuals and they need to peg them each each individual needs to play less for themselves more for the team isn't it horrible that the the way the media works is uh they've just got their list of contacts to con- of ex-players who will happily bag out their yeah. old club <laughs> it's like hang on we need to bag out the bulldogs Where, where's ackermanis yeah, call ackermanis so some dodgy gun on at the hawks let's go don scott guys I'll slag him off. <laughs> it's true. It was harsh. But, you know, GWS could come good tomorrow and then everyone will say, you know, they're amazing. So I feel like the Festival of Footy just kind of makes everything exaggerated a lot because you see people quite often and um, maybe because they all are so young and fit, maybe playing every four days is bad for them. I don't know. Like who knows the impact that it has when you have to play all the time. We're seeing lower scoring games. That's uh, one thing for sure. and. This takes me to my favourite bit of commentary of the week. I think I messaged you both on Saturday. When it yes. <laughs> in the um, North Melbourne-Brisbane game, it was one goal three to one goal five, and it was just a steaming pile of poop that fourth quarter. It was just horrific. One goal three to one goal five, and Dwayne Russell, now I know he's got a, it's his job to make things exciting. That's what he has to do. But he comes back and he goes, now where was it played again? It was at the Gabba, wasn't it? Metricon, that's because he said the the name of the ground. And he goes, they come back from an ad break and he goes, wow, we have got a game on our hands here at Metricon today. (laughs) You are fucking kidding yourself. This is one of the worst things I've ever seen. But in the end, he was bloody right because North Melbourne nearly snatched it. And, I mean, he was technically mm. correct because there was a game being played at Metricon. And so there, it's true, fact check, there was a game on. It was, And he does have hands. I've seen them on TV. It was the worst game. Even when it got close at the end, I was so irrationally mad at Brisbane for it even being allowed to be close that I just could not even enjoy it. And we and we unfortunately had to see Andrew Dad of Chris Fagan, which was very upsetting how weird was it seeing Chris Fagan actually be angry? I don't think it suited him because he's normally so calm and rational. Do you know what I just had going through my head seeing angry Chris Fagan? Well, the sea was angry that day, my friends. Yeah. 
like an old man trying to send back soup at a deli. <laughs> Which is, uh, from, if you're not familiar with pop culture, that's from Othello, yeah. uh, Act 2, Scene 5. <laughs> Danny's always quoting Shakespeare on this podcast. Yeah. I had to laugh, though, because on... Fox footy afterwards. I think it must have been at halftime. They played the they played the vision, and Nick Rewalt was part of the panel. And he said, "You know, sometimes it can go either way. When someone who's so calm usually gets really angry and gives you a spray, and sometimes you can go, oh, my God, you know, we have to take this so seriously.' And like he's, we've made Dad mad. Like that's so upset. And he said, but other times you can get the giggles, which made me laugh so much because that's kind of what I would do. Because if someone who doesn't usually get cross, yeah, well, I mean, I find that very funny." It's, it is hard to take them seriously if it's out of character. But, they, but hey, but it worked. It looked, yeah. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> yep. They beat the second bottom team by a point. It worked. <laughs> you know what? And they kept us third. We would have moved to second bottom ourselves if North Melbourne didn't lose that game. So. I'm really angry. Oh, now I'm angry. <laughs> Good on you, Brisbane, for hanging in there. And Fane's getting angry. I love seeing it because you know what I'm hating these days? And I hate to sound like an angry old man, but I'm hating how friendly players are with opposition players out on the ground. They're all joking and laughing through the whole game. During quarters, after the game, before the game. Where's the where, why aren't we getting angry with each other anymore? Why is everyone friends? And I like it. I think it's because there's no crowd. There's no crowd. So you you they are feeling they they're realizing it is just a game. I yeah I, I don't like it. I know Bill Simmons who has a the Bill Simmons podcast who's writes a lot about NBA has said that you'll never get another Michael Jordan who genuinely hates opposition players because they're all friends on social media mm. now and they all take holidays together so they're all kind of buddies these days. I will say in their defence, like one thing I can think of this year is that a lot of them probably don't want to be playing in corona time. They'd probably rather be with their, like, families and, like, bunkering down like everybody else. And so maybe they're, like, going through this shared experience where they're essentially fish in a fishbowl for the rest of us to survive on, and they're like, wow, this is a funny experience to find ourselves in. <laughs> like, so, yeah, well, in that case, save your bonding for off-field, guys. Face time each other when the game's not yeah, on. Bond in private, you weirdos. Um <laughs> Just pretend to be One angry. thing, we didn't talk about Geelong Port, which was meant to be the best game of the round. It didn't end up being the best game of the round because Geelong were quite good. But I want to make the point that Geelong, so there's, there's three teams this year that are playing football that is very attractive, right? And that's Port, St Kilda and Brisbane. When they play, they're, when, they, when they're on, they're playing really fun, attacking to watch and that everybody gets around and each of those three teams has been 100% shut down from being able to play that style by Geelong. Geelong smashed the Lions earlier in the year, they smashed St Kilda last week and then they did it again to Port this week and so I want to make the argument that Geelong hate football and um, don't want an attractive team to win <laughs> make everybody else look bad because they have found out they've got the they've got the formula to shut down the good footy and play their own low scoring game of football where Tom Hawkins well he was nice and he did score but they don't let anyone run. I like your argument, Tess. Anything that helps me hate Geelong is a good thing. <laughs> I'm on board. So you're saying, Tess, that the highly skilled, uh, really uh, fast teams will uh, struggle against yes. the Cats. Great. Doggies are going to beat them then. <laughs> yes. Well, where are you playing them, Danny? Do you know? 
No, I don't know. Um, the fixtures have come out. We play them in two weeks, the 28th of August, which is one of your birthdays. Is, is that mine. right? When's yours, Lima? I'm, I'm oh, 20th this Thursday. And I'm 26th, so we get our birth. Next week's our birthday show. Yay! Yay. <laughs> um, the uh, Geelong, a uh, tough one next week, though, for the Catters. They're playing the Crows, so oh we'll see how that one uh, works out for them. Um I think should we? I, I just want to put in a thing. Um, Geelong have been Geelong have sort of been quietly good. Like they lost to West Coast, uh, but only by a kick, and that was a Optus. My neighbour, who's a big Cats fan, is suddenly all up and about. I'm going to just borrow a catchphrase from another team. Geelong are good. Yeah, wow, Geelong. I live in Australia, as you know, a Geelong household, and it is all up and about here. Uh, where. We, it's just constantly reminded of, to me that Geelong are actually playing so well. Hang on. You, you say Geelong household, Tess. You, it's you and your husband, so it's an equal – so he just – it's just him, right? And the dog. Does the dog go I'm for the cats? I'm not sure the dog does go for Richmond. I keep thinking that, but I can't, I can't be sure. <laughs> Tess, don't make me angry. All dogs go for the Footscray. It has been proven by Mythbusters and confirmed by Dr. Carl. All dogs go for the Bulldogs. Sam, okay. Sam and the dog have a very tight relationship and so I feel like I've lost him to the cats, which is very annoying. Um, and so really they are playing great footy. And it is good to see Tom Hawkins play really, really well because he hasn't played this this well and he's been playing this well all season, which I actually think is just amazing. Uh, that is true, but it is horrible to see them successful. <laughs> and the D's and the Pies, oh, God, I've read something annoying this week where this was referred to, this game was referred to as a genuine eight-pointer. Uh, eight so would the most annoying thing be for you, Limo, if they referred to the grand final as the big dance, which is an eight-pointer? Okay, the big dance is my pet, absolute pet hate. Yeah. Uh, but games being referred to as eight-pointers is also something that I particularly despise. I had a goal being referred to as a six. God, so oh. Turns out someone got in contact with us about that and it's a New South Wales thing. And, you know, all advertising types live in Sydney. And so it makes sense that they would kind of try and infect our actual yeah. game with such as a six, which is not a thing. So don't no. call it that. But... Was this game actually an eight point eight pointer? Because um, well, it wasn't, but was it? Because <laughs> Collingwood have lost almost their entire team. Like I'm not a huge one to um to support Collingwood, but they really are affected by injuries, and they've not been playing very well at all uh, for uh, for a number of weeks. And so it was probably to me like. I know it's just because the Demons haven't beaten the Pies in a very long time, but it, it just seemed to me quite obvious that they would that they would be favourites and they would amazing. Yeah, and they were great. And they uh, and they won fairly easily in the end. And they, for, they've now won three in a row. And I want people to remember it was Hawthorne that played them into form. <laughs> <laughs> Intra club match, typical. Makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it weird when when Melbourne are, are winning big games and winning comfortably, you sort of do the opposite to what you would normally do. You start trolling your demons' friends. Like normally you troll the people who are losing, but I just started trolling all of my by saying, you've absolutely yeah. got this. This is in the bag. That's so funny. That's what I did too because my demons' friends are all in the camp of Sackwood when they lose, right? <laughs> 
and they texted you know, yep. and got to get rid of him. He's no good, blah, blah, blah. So I texted them all saying, extend Goodwood. <laughs> straight up and they're like oh, completely frozen and with able unable to make a decision. Because I remember that's how Richmond people felt about Damien Hardwick, but then he won us a flag. And now you'd never yeah. hear a person say Zach Hardwick, but that was the... That was a big thing. So maybe just hold your fire until for another couple of seasons. All right. Well, another couple of rounds at least. <laughs> and then you couldn't go. Um, all right, Danny, we haven't forgotten you, mate. The uh, Bulldogs had a win over the Crows. Well done. Yes. We kicked like uh, four or five in a row in the first quarter and I genuinely had a moment of, what's this feeling? Oh, happiness. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> We'd lost three on the trot and doing living life in isolation and homeschooling. It was genuinely exciting. And because uh, it was a, a day game, I got to watch it with my kids. And uh, we sort of, they, they got really into it. Um, they wanted to wear all their merch and stuff. So I just went into my cupboard and I grabbed uh, all the old merch. And I found, I'm going to show you guys over the, the Zoom that you guys can see, but I'll put a, I'll put a picture up on um, social media. I found this hoodie that I reckon I had when I was 11 and it was way too big for me then and it just fits me now too small. But have a look at that. That is a genuine 1993 uh, Footscray hoodie and uh, and I'm going to wear it uh, next week, and I'm going to put this challenge out to the to the fans, to the listeners, to the to the they came to players. Uh, what's the oldest merch you've got, and can you wear it next week? Hashtag old merch week. Oh, yeah, well, <laughs> what do you guys have that's really old merch? Um, look, the old I don't have much. It's really old. I've got a I've got a Hawthorne T-shirt that's old school, but it's a recent. You know, they brought out a vintage range. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Look, the oldest thing I've got is probably the 1978 grand final footy record. Ooh, can you can you wear it as a hat I'll next wear, week? I'll wear it as a hat next week. <laughs> Done. You're in. Um, I don't know what I've got at my actual house because I know at my parents' house we've got a lot of amazing merch because we've got Dad's old jumpers and stuff like that. He's number 27 at the Saints and so he's playing jumpers. He's tiny shorts that it's un- it's unbelievable that a human could fit into <laughs> as an adult, but he did. Um, so we have a lot of good merch at home. We've got the centenary jumpers when Melbourne played Geelong in that centenary game. And so yeah, oh, wow. Really good stuff. They're all in a different house and it's currently locked down and I'm not allowed to go there. So. I will find an old scarf that I've got, um, my my OG Richmond scarf and some old, some old badges and, and wear them. Let's do it. I reckon our listeners will have some absolute rip-snorting uh, old stuff. And also, you know, it, it's sort of a, it's a badge of honour wearing the oldest merch you have. Like in 2016 Grand Final, I wore the scarf that I bought at my first ever trip to what was called Western Oval back right. then. It's a scarf from 1991. I mean, it still look. It just looks like the scarf still have the same style, so it's not as cool as my hoodie. But uh, yeah, I want to. I love old merch. What do you got, yeah. people? Oh yeah, and by the way, we beat the crowd. I, I wish I still. I used to have a duffel coat back in the day, but I was. But it was a West Adelaide duffel coat because they were my team in the SNFL, and I. They're, they're all of our teams, Limo. We all go for the Bloods because you. Oh, yeah, there we go. There we go. So I was Roger Luders, number 29, the goal kicking superstar. Oh, what number were you, were you, Limo? Was there ever West Adelaide badges of Anthony Lee? Uh, no, I never, never never, managed to get a badge happening. <laughs> Wasted. That's not on them, Limo. Don't take that on. 
Um, one note, the only note I have for the Western Bulldogs Adelaide game because it looked like fine, good, good on Aaron Norton, was the Adelaide advertiser. And, I mean, I cannot believe we've given the depressometer to Essendon and not to the team who has not won a single game and may never win again. Um, but whatever. Adelaide advertiser had the greatest headline this morning, which was Norton 12 because they're Norton 12 oh. for 2020. Oh. Oh. Well done. And um, I don't know whether or not they could play Adelaide, they could play Western Bulldogs every week because they're going to be Norton 13 and Norton 14 and things like that. But it'll be quite difficult to come up with anything better. No, the Herald Sun today went with for for Hawthorne Hawks glass half full because Connor Glass played quite well. Glass is half full with. They say the glass half full is youth provide day of positives. Will they? Oh. Hawks glass half full as youth provide day of positives. So, you know. Do you guys want to know the last time a team went uh, winless in a oh, season? Yeah, when was that? 1964 Fitzroy. Uh, no, so, if Adelaide do go winless this year, I think it's fair to say they will have to merge with Brisbane in 32 <laughs> years. Okay, because that's the rule. That's. The worst thing about um, Adelaide remaining winless is that when is when you haven't played them yet because we haven't played them yet and everyone's like you guys have got the best fixture because we play them last but what if they still haven't beaten anybody by the time that we play them and then we lose to them like that would be terrible because they've got Geelong next week I mean very unlikely to win that game. Then they've got um, a bye, still a big risk of Could losing lose that bye. game. Yeah. <laughs> then they've got the Hawks. So, Limo, you, you're at risk yeah. first. They've got the Giants. Now, by round 16, you'd think that the Giants would have, like, come got it together and they'll be winning and storming home to play in the finals regardless of how they'll go. Then they've got Carlton. Surely Carlton win that. And then they've got us. So I really feel like... Adelaide could go winless or they could be at any stage they could embarrass your team if you haven't played them yet. It's a yeah. real risk. Yeah, the dog fans were definitely very nervous yesterday in all of my WhatsApp groups. Everyone was – and it was just like, of course, of any team that they would fire up against, it'd be us because they do that every time we meet them in finals. It's very uh, but, annoying. Uh, the doggies did it easily uh, in the end. And, guys, I can't believe we've got to the end of the podcast and no one has even mentioned – the list of the most powerful wags in the AFL, as it appeared in the Herald Sun over the weekend. Hang on, is that is that genuinely? Their, is that was there a feat of strength? Did they all do some weightlifting? Did they? Oh, yeah, did they wrestle I don't to the think. Death? I don't think anyone towed a truck with their teeth. Look <laughs> at a car. Ah. Can I say the most annoying thing as a pedant um, is not only the fact that they're still calling them wags, but also the fact that. Some of them aren't currently going out with a player. It's not a wag. You're only you're only a wife and girlfriend of a current player. You can't just have Beck Judd in the in every list of people. They're not they're not currently wags. And Megan Gale. Yeah, no, they don't play on the list. No, you don't. N- Nadia play. Bartel, not on yeah. the list. Where? Yeah, it's uh, Raylene Hawkins. <laughs> Nanette Malthouse, number yeah. one. Put <laughs> Joe Silvani on the list if you're going to have the, the other ones. Yeah. She's still doing brand direct or whatever. I still see her on the telly all the time. Yeah, she still loses me. 
What about a list of the most powerful mums of players? Put Joe yeah. Silvani on that. And uh, that Collingwood player's mum, who he rang last week, and she was like, oh, the rest yeah, of the players yeah, fall yeah. over, did no, they? Power rankings of mums would be actually quite fun. That would be, uh, yeah. Yeah, but I, can I just add one more thing as well? That comes from a paper who spent, who have a, a couple of really good journalists but often say they just don't have the resources to cover women's sport, but they do have the resources to cover which of the powerful wives and girlfriends, leak whatever. I, Maybe those resources into covering women playing sport. Test point of order. I think you'll find WAGS equals women's sport. So. <laughs> Yes. You know, can we just put a thing out to journalists uh, and to publications? If you don't have a story, you don't run one. Like you know, the you know, you, you, you don't have to. We can survive without a, a made-up footy story for a couple of hours. I mean, they, there was those carrots put out the thing about Lockie Hunter leaving the Bulldogs this week, and it's just, it was based on nothing. I mean, he even kicked the goal and he waved the jumper to kind of prove that he was staying. It just, what a bunch of carrots. My, my favourite was a story last week where they go, Nathan Buckley shook hands with a fan, breach of protocol, $75,000 fine, competition, cloud over the competition. Less than an hour later, now nah, all good, didn't touch him. <laughs> It's an amazing inspirational story and then tried to claim it as an inspirational story. Just put in the 2020, it's a good chance for us all to have a good hard look at ourselves and think, do I need to be doing A, B, C now that that's all been taken away? And if the answer is like, oh, I don't know if I should be doing this anymore, don't do it. Don't have to try it. Don't have to make up nonsense. Just Do you know what the story will be now, uh, Tess? It, it'll be uh, footy journalists are uh, making up stories and one ABC great says it's not on and they mean you. <laughs> just <laughs> make comments you know, from uh, podcasts. Has jumped the shark. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Tess, good luck tonight. Thanks. I will not be engaging in a post-game um, podcast. <laughs> That's right, me and Liam, I'll record one by ourselves if we'll you lose. It. Okay, we'll be kind. Don't worry about that. Either way, I'm not involved in it and I'm not listening. So, uh, <laughs> good, good, no. uh, good luck tonight. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Don't forget to rate the podcast, recommend it to a friend, and uh, write a review as well. And if you really love it, become a Patreon and get a special podcast that will come out later in the week. Uh, thank you, Tess. Go Tigers. Thank you, Danny McGinley. Go dogs. All right, well, it is time for a new segment on the show called Chelsea's Corner. I want to thank Danny McGinley for that, uh, that music. I love it because I've chanted that many times myself as a Chelsea fan. Uh, hello, Chelsea Roffy. G'day, guys. That's actually that's how I prepare myself for games these days. I just like to play that the pregame yeah. warm up. It's fantastic. Yes. I love it. Hey, now Chelsea, we sent you homework last week, and that was in relation to the Furphy ad, where the guy playing his team is six points down. He kicks after the siren, and the leather goes through the goals. The bladder goes through the points. He's awarded seven. And his team wins. So our question to you was, 
do the rules of Australian rules football cater for a circumstance where the leather goes through the goals, for example, and the bladder goes through the behinds? So I'm going to go into a little bit of a ramble here because I have consulted some members of the group just to talk this one through because clearly, obviously, we're going to assume there's been no opportunity to replace the footy in this situation because the footy they're using is, you know, it's not... It's not the best. but It's um, not an official Sharon. It's, it's one not, of those uh, panda brands that they get in the VFL. That's it. I'm assuming we're, we're not bouncing that one. We're throwing it up in the centre. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> but just having a chat to a few of my colleagues, there's nothing in the rule book that specifically covers this situation. But applying a bit of logic, I reckon you would either award the lesser because if when you have a, a situation where um, – there's conjecture around what the actual score is and no one knows, you've got to go yep. with the lesser. So the lesser could be out of bounds as opposed to a score. The lesser could be a point as opposed to a goal. So in this case, as negative as it sounds, I think you'd have to award the lesser. Ah, just so a there's point. A point. But, Which would be a point, okay. But I've, yep. got another, I've got another theory and I reckon what would actually happen which yeah. might still be a problem because we don't have an original footy of high quality, is you'd actually reset the kick. Yeah. Because there are some blue mooner type situations in football where, for example, a player is kicking from behind a scoreline back into the field of play and the ball glances the post, that is a reset kick. As opposed to them kicking from outside the boundary line and it hits a post and that's just a throw in. Which is quite random. Right, okay. So if you're kicking in from behind the goal line yep. and you but it scrapes the goalpost on the way past, yep. that is you have that kick again. Reset the kick. Ah. Reset the kick. Yeah. Even okay. if it just glances it. So even if it's sort of a you know, a relatively good kick, um, you still as a goalie you've got to sort of be on top of that and uh, res- make sure they reset it. Hey, Chelsea, do you also reset the kick if you're – so let's say the ball's gone out of bounds on the full, yeah. right? Yeah. I'm kicking it back into the field of play, but it comes off the side of my boot yeah. and goes essentially out on the full again, but I've never actually re-entered the field of play. Good question. Is that out on the full or is it a reset kick? That is, and I have to get this right because I'm an umpire and I should know that. <laughs> that would be. Oh, you're terrible. Oh. Um, I'm going to say that is actually a throw in because it's out of bounds. What I was going to say is the reason I asked that question is I was playing in a celebrity, in inverted commas, game at the SCG a number yeah. of years ago. And I. That, that literally happened to me. I was kicking in from an out-of-bounds on the full. I totally shanked it and it went into like the second row and a subsequent, an out-on-the-full was awarded against me down the ground. But it actually, the ball actually never came back into the field of play. No, pass, so. it can't be. It couldn't be out of the full. But that's why it made, no. that's why I said out-of-bounds. Yeah. yeah. But it was, it was never, never in bounds. I know. Yeah. Maintain the rage, Lehman. Yeah. 
<laughs> Indeed. Um, we could actually put this up to our, our listeners. If you've got uh, Ask the Umpire, You Are the Umpire, or, or yeah, it, anything just to an excuse to get Chelsea back. We, we love Chelsea's corner. So, uh, yeah, please get in touch uh, via the socials. Chelsea Roffey, you're a star, uh, and we love uh, chatting with you on the show. Thanks again for your insights. It's been insights. an absolute pleasure, boys. Thank you very much. 